This is The Rant presented by Strive Sports. Ben Klein here with you on this Wednesday, June 2nd afternoon, talking all things New York sports. Sorry about the little hiatus. Uh, Didn't record or post yesterday. That was because uh, Monday I already talked a little bit about the Yankees who were playing the Rays that day. Uh, Additionally, I... I believe that the Mets played Monday night, but I'm not just going to cover the Mets. Uh, so there was no Nets, no Knicks that night. Uh, Nets advance uh, last night in uh, Game 5 against the Celtics. Moving on to the second round to face the Bucks. Going to cover that a little bit. Going to cover Yankees' win yesterday over the Tampa Bay uh, division rival Tampa Bay Rays in their uh, four-game series. So that was a huge win and a huge walk-off home run by Clint Frazier. Hopefully that will turn the tide for the season for him. Uh also going to uh, talk about uh, the Mets from last night. They uh, lost a nail-biter in extra innings to the Diamondbacks. Um, and obviously going to preview the Knicks a little bit. Going to the game tonight, extremely excited. Although they're down 3-1 to one and they had uh, you know that awful weekend in Atlanta. Uh, still going to make the most out of my experience there. Um, uh, also, uh, po- I apologize for posting my Monday, my show from Monday late. I only posted it today. My computer ran out of battery. Was having trouble finding my charger. Uh, finally, ran into it, and uh, now we're back at it, recording pods daily. Uh, so, le- oh, before I get into it, just wanted to remind you that you can listen to this podcast along with all the other Strive Sports podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can access them via the link tree in my Instagram bio at these Strive Sports. Give us a follow. Looking for more fan interaction. Leave comments on the videos. Uh, DM the page. Uh, open for open to all suggestions how to improve Strive Sports and uh, how to move it on to the future. And just uh, talking about sports discussion, debate, whatever it is. Feel free to comment and or connect with me in any way, including LinkedIn uh, or Instagram. Uh, but let's get to the nitty gritty. Uh, before I get to talking about the the Yankees and Mets, I'm uh, going to talk about the Nets win from yesterday. Uh, they finish off the Boston Celtics uh, four games to one in their in their first round series. Uh, they finish it at home at Barclays Center, which is a nice touch. Uh, the Nets are now the first team in New York to advance to the second round in uh, God knows how long. It might have been the Knicks in 2012-2013. Um, uh, I actually had a bet with my friend a couple years back uh, who was going to win a playoff series first, the Knicks or the Nets. And uh, thankfully, he's still giving me an opportunity to win the bet, even though the Nets technically advanced first. You know, the Knicks, although they're down 3-1, to one, he still said, oh, one more loss, and then I win that $5. So uh, still giving me the opportunity to win that. I appreciate that. He realizes that it's not about the date that they actually uh advanced it's about uh you know it's this series the first round uh if the knicks are able to advance so give credit where credit's due i think that'll be extremely impressive if they're able to come back down from three to one but uh for right now just looking for uh, a win in tonight's game at the garden but as for how the nets played in the series i mean really can't complain about the big three uh, at all 32 and a half points from kevin durant in the series seven boards three assists one and a half steals, two blocks. I mean, literally just doing everything out there. Then you move on to Harden. 28 minutes. Oh, but all these guys, uh, you know, Durant and Kyrie averaging 37 minutes a game, Harden 36. But Harden, 
with 36 and a half minutes a game, 28 points, seven rebounds, 10 and a half assists, two steals, one block. They're uh, both KD and Harden absolutely losing it in this playoff, uh, in this first round of the playoffs so far. Their PER, uh, respectively, Harden 33.22, and Kevin Durant is basically 29. Those are, you know, made Kyrie look like a sad player. So those guys absolutely went off in the series. Uh, Obviously, Durant and uh, Kyrie have already won a championship, uh, and with uh, Harden being the the lone guy of the big three that has not won a championship that needs that needs it. It's not even a question; he needs it. Um, but you know, they just absolutely went off, and uh, you know, you had that one game where Joe Harris went off, scored like whatever nine points or twelve points, and like. 35th to 30 seconds to like a minute or something like that. Uh, but the issues are past past Joe Harris. Uh, you see Bruce Brown only averages seven points. Uh, Blake Griffin, five on uh, three rebounds. I mean, Bruce Brown is averaging more rebounds than Blake Griffin. Uh, it's kind of confusing to me. And uh, the main concern is, you know, along with the depth, what are they going to do about Giannis? I mean, yes, Kevin Durant, great series, two blocks. But uh, that's on help defense, I'm pretty sure. I don't think that he's going to – or just Tristan Thompson who can't play offense. Uh, I think that the Nets are – this is going to be a good series. Don't get me wrong. This is offense against defense. One of the best defensive teams in the league in the Bucks, going up against one of the best offensive teams in the history of the league when those three guys are playing together. So – I mean, for the Nets, it's unlike anything that we've really seen in the NBA with these three uh, offensive uh, players on the same team uh, playing at that caliber. But uh, it's going to be rough for the Nets uh, going up against Giannis. I don't even need to mention, uh, you know, Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton. Giannis is enough to be able to not, not just take them down, but give them a really, really difficult time. I mean, that is the biggest mismatch. Uh, by far, yes, Kyrie uh, probably can't guard Drew Holiday so well. Harden probably isn't going to run around the court with Chris Middleton around screens. But it's Giannis on the post. That is going to be the key of the series because, uh, yes, they, they swept the heat with Giannis not even playing so well with him being more of a secondary type of uh, scoring option. But they're going to need, even if he is a secondary scoring option, they're still going to need him to be efficient and put up points. Uh, he's a, He's a player that can really turn this series around for the Bucks and the Nets. Uh, also just looking for uh, some depth out of the Nets. Didn't see that so much, but uh, you can't really complain when uh, you know your starting five is basically averaging like 85 points a game or something around that, uh, depending on the decimal points. But uh, really just incredible stuff from the Nets in the first round. Uh, you know, they and as you heard today, the crazy news with the Celtics, uh, they destroy the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics imploded at the end of the season. Obviously, no Jalen Brown, but implosion from the Celtics at the at, at, in this series and uh, just towards the end of the season, really not playing well. And uh, I think that had a lot to do with the team not being well put together. I mean, for no reason, for no good reason whatsoever, they traded Tice midseason. Uh, I don't think that Tristan Thompson's any better than Daniel Tice. Uh, additionally, they moved on from Aaron Baines. Uh, and then you could also quote, uh, former president, get to that in a moment, uh, Danny Ainge, state that he'd prefer Campbell Walker over Kyrie Irving. Just a ridiculous comment. I don't care if Kyrie didn't want to come back. Uh, just don't say that. That's just a dumb statement. I don't need to hear that that type of uh, uh, ludicrous statement coming from a, a very knowledgeable basketball guy, one of the best 
presidents in the game. Uh, but crazy move this morning. If you haven't, if you didn't hear, Danny Ainge stepping down as president of basketball operations. Brad Stevens, the head coach, is going to become the new president. No experience in that position. He's the new president, and they're now searching for a new head coach. So I'm really not sure what to make of the Celtics situation, but. Uh, great series win for the Nets. Uh, they finished off the, you know, just an awful season for the Celtics. Uh, pretty much, uh, you know, the Celtics probably were thankful that it ended at that point, especially Jason Tatum and 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 there being no Jalen Brown out there. But uh, great win for the Nets. Uh, first team in New York to advance in the playoffs in quite some time. So congratulations to them. And uh, going to be talking a little bit about about the Knicks at the end of the show, but going to be moving on to talking about the Yankees and the Mets from the past couple of days right now because uh, I, I haven't really discussed them in, in a few days. So going to get into that right now. Uh, Yankees with that big walk-off home run last night from Clint Frazier. That was huge to get him out of his little slump that that he's been, uh, not little slump, he's been slumping the whole year. Confidence down. Maybe he's going to start getting his confidence up with that walk-off home run. Before I really get into that game from last night, though, that huge win, going to cover the game from Monday night, uh, which or Monday afternoon, which I was talking about a little bit Uh you know, while I was recording that pot on Monday was going on. I believe the Yankees were down 3-0 at that point. They wound up losing 3-1. 0-2 with runners in scoring position. Six runners left on base. Uh, you know, 0-2 with runners in scoring position. That's just a joke. That's that's not – that is not anywhere near good enough. Uh, and obviously the potential is way higher for that. I mean, uh, when you look at uh, the amount of runners uh, – left in scoring position per game in baseball. The Yankees are fourth in the league. They average leaving 2.9, basically three runners in scoring position a game. You know, that's just, uh, that's just terrible. I mean, it, it needs to be better. The Yankees are also like tops in, in grounding into double plays or just not even grounding, whatever it is. Double plays overall could be anything. Uh, and it's just really disappointing to watch. And, uh, you know, the offense hasn't been good, although if you saw my story today, uh, and Duar has been playing a lot better as of late in, in his last, like, 15 games or something like that, or maybe the, just last week he's hitting above 300. So uh, he's coming on a little bit stronger. He's He had a, uh, a home run uh, in last night's game. Or, no, it was Monday night's game, but was it also uh, – I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Just give me one moment because he, he definitely had one in Monday night's game. He did not have, and he had one last night in Tuesday night's game. Uh, just incredible, you know, what he's been able to do so far. And just going back, looking back a couple of years when he was uh, second in AL Rookie of the Year voting, uh, shows his potential where he could be and uh, how he could impact this lineup. But as of right now, I mean, LeMayu gave him the big monies. Uh, 262. He needs to be playing better than that. That's a guy that we were thought we thought would be a given to be hitting 320. And he moved down to Stanton. Obviously, was raking before he went on the IL. Now he's got his average down to 260. Uh, you know, I'm not going to complain too much about Urshela 257. I want to see more, but honestly, that's what I was expecting when we first got him. You know, a couple of years back, Torres at 259. I need better than that, obviously, from Torres. Uh, but overall, just a, just an awful game. I mean, you know, it's a classic Yankees game. The pitching shows up and the hitting doesn't. I mean, Tyon did, had you know struggled struggled early on, 
but uh, a little bit, not even too much. Five innings pitched, three earned runs, and then the bullpen goes the rest of the way. Four innings of no earned runs, only one hit allowed by Wally Peralta. I mean, you know, it's just very classic that the uh, pitching is going to show up for a game and the hitting isn't going to. It's going to be complete opposite. Uh, you know, whenever the pitching plays well, the hitting doesn't play well. Whenever the hitting plays well, the pitching doesn't play well. Uh, and I, that's really the way that I've seen things go, uh, you know, not just this year, but also in the past. Um, and, and then you go ahead and you look at last night's game, huge win. It wound up being, but still, Two for 11 with runners at scoring position. One of those was obviously the walk-off hit, I believe, uh, because obviously in extra innings, you start with a runner on second base. So Frazier, obviously, Yankees unable to take advantage of that uh, in the 10th inning or the 11th. Thank God the Rays weren't able to either uh, give credit to both Luis Sessa and uh, Lucky for for their performance, uh, not allowing a hit in those two innings of, of extra uh, of extra baseball. Um, but you know, overall you look at the lineup, LeMayu 260, Odor was hitting second at 194. I don't understand that. LeMayu, I mean, uh, Judge struggled yesterday. Now he's below 300. Uh, you know, Stan got a pinch hit opportunity. Didn't make any up, didn't make, uh, anything of it. Ford at 133. He was just optioned down to AAA. So see you later, Mike Ford. You didn't help us at all. Uh, Gary Sanchez at 202. As I said, and Duar has been playing a little bit better. Only had one hit yesterday, but it was a home run. Uh, so he's starting to get going a little bit. But you know, it's just disappointing when I look at the when I look at the stats for the Yankees and I see uh, that they are currently 27th in runs per game. Yes, you heard that. The Mets are 29th, by the way. Although they are last in total runs scored, the Mets, they're second to last in uh, runs per game. The Yankees are fourth to last at 27, and they leave the fourth most runners uh, on ba- uh, in scoring position per game. That's just terrible. 25th in total runs scored, 26th in batting average, and 24th in slugging percentage. Nothing is going well right now for the Yankees. Other than uh, you know, just winning some games, I don't know how they do it. I guess I give all the credit to the pitching uh, for that, but we're gonna need to see more out of these guys. These guys need to prove themselves. I mean, otherwise uh, their careers are in the balance, especially in terms of being New York Yankees. So a lot on the line for guys like uh, Aaron Judge is gonna be a free agent. Uh, Glaber Torres, who had the potential before this year, you know to get a big contract from the Yankees in, in a couple of years. Uh, we don't know what that's going to be like now. Gary Sanchez might be gone after this year. People asking why we didn't get JT Realmuto in the offseason. Uh, who knows? Maybe Urshela is going to be gone. I mean, he hasn't done any. He hasn't been so impressive uh, enough. So to, you know, say that he is the third baseman of the future for us for the next five years. Um, and Brett Gardner, I mean, we got to separate ourselves from him. Some of these guys that Brian Cash were committed to, like Gardner and Hicks and uh, Stanton when he made that trade, it's just not working out. And he's really stayed committed throughout the years, and it really hasn't worked out. And there's got to be a time where you just got to press that reset button and uh, just start from scratch. And, uh, you know, it's a shame because this team had such potential over the past four years, but uh, I'm just not seeing it this year, man. I'm not. I have, I've, you know, every single season of the past four, even that year uh, where, you know, they lost to the Strohs in, I think it was seven games when they were up three to two, uh, and then they blew the last two. I thought every year that they would win, even when they lost four to one, three to one to the Red Sox in that series, I thought that the Yankees still had it in the bag. 
Uh, it's just, it's unfortunate. They're really not showing me anything right now. No signs of life. Usually they're top 10 in the league in runs, batting average, slugging percentage, on base percentage. Not the case this year. Instead, they're top 10 in all pitching categories. And uh, usually the pitching steps up in the postseason, although they don't have the, the best stats for the regular season. They step up in the postseason. Guys like Tanaka and Severino, who's not even pitching now. And, uh, you know, it's usually the hitting that falters, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, seeing how they lost in Game 5 to the Rays by a score of 2-1, to one, I believe. Uh, go ahead and you look at the Red Sox series where they lost three games to one. Look at how many runs they scored in that series. Uh, go ahead and look what they did against the Astros in those two games in Houston for Game 6 and Game 7 that year. Go ahead and look at what they did in Game 6 to, against Houston in the ALCS when LeMay, when Altuve uh, hit that home run. And LeMahieu single-handedly brought them back in the game with that home run. So... You know, it's really been a concern. I don't like the fact that they are so reliant on home run hitting. Uh, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily you – need, you need to have contact hitters also to win championships. And because, uh, you know, because there's going to be better pitching in the postseason, less home runs. And uh, I think that's something that Cashman just hasn't realized uh, in terms of, you know, improving the team for the postseason. But instead of waiting to the postseason for the postseason for this to – for this to happen it's happening in the regular season and it's really hurting the Yankees and uh currently uh they're sitting at third place in the division four and a half games back of Tampa Bay who's won now I guess 16 of their last 18 games due to that loss last night but uh we're, we're back at it again uh, this is a four game set against the Rays so this is it this is just a huge series, not this one individual game, but the series overall is huge. Uh, if we could somehow scrape out three games in the series, that would be just incredible. But uh, not looking so great for tonight with uh, the Rays throwing out Shane McClellahan, 2-0 with a 3-2-9 ERA, uh, while the Yankees are throwing out Montgomery, 2-1, 4-2-2 ERA. Uh, they have the same exact exact whip at 1-1-3, but uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not very confident in... Uh, and the Yankees, uh, mainly due to their hitting, you know, I, I never, I, they're like, if there's a game where it's the pitching's fault, I'll be out there. I'll say that it was the pitching's fault, but, uh, this is the one thing that I won't say. The fault for the season is, is on the pitchers. I will never say that the fault for the season is on the hitters and Brian Cashman for bringing back the same team year after year after year. Uh, if it's not the same, same exact players by name, it is the same type of player. Uh, you know, we got Todd Frazier a couple years ago, a guy that only hits home runs. And now we're, we're our solution, I guess, to not being able to hit was uh, training for Rin Odor at the beginning of the season. So, you know, same shit, different day pretty much for the Yankees and uh, and their offense. So hoping that they can break out of this bubble. I'm sure that LeMahieu will at some point of this season break out, but that doesn't mean that I have confidence in everyone else. Uh, but still excited to see what happens. Still a Yankees fan, just not confident in the way that I usually am. Hopefully they can build up that confidence back up and then break my heart again at the end of the season. I honestly enjoy that more than uh, more than this. This is garbage. This is barely able to watch. This is a boring team. So hopefully build my confidence back up, make me think that you're a real contender again, and then just break my heart in the postseason. I, I'd prefer it that way. At least I at least enjoy watching the postseason. So that's all I got for the Yankees. Going to move on to talking about the Mets before I start talking about the Knicks so the Mets are currently on the road out in the desert in Arizona facing the Diamondbacks. Not currently right now. Their game is actually at 340 this afternoon. But uh, right now the series is split. The third game is tonight. 
They won the first game 6-2, lost the second 6-5. So overall in the in the series, they scored 11 runs. That's pretty good through two games. That's like five and a half runs a game. Can't really complain about that. Uh, but as for uh, how the series has, has gone, I mean, for them overall, you know, as I said, five and a half runs a game. That's pretty good. Unfortunately, last night they lose in extras, giving up two runs in the 10th inning. Uh, you know, this guy, Trevor May, blows it in the uh, in the 10th inning. Uh, really just, just unfortunate, uh, especially because obviously the Mets got their run in the 10th. Uh, to get the lead and uh, then blow it and, and the bullpen has been so great this season you know it's really that's been an area of concern for the Mets in the past uh, and just such improvement going into this year uh, especially from Diaz although his ERA is a little high but uh, you know Familia and Loop both had great outings last night both are impressive this year with ERAs under three uh, every Pitcher from last night's game for the Mets uh, is has an under three RA. When we're talking about Stroman at two six six, incredible. There's not even uh, anything to be said about him other than I respect you, Marcus Stroman, greatly. Uh, Yankees, I think, live in your head uh, rent free uh, based on your off season comments. Uh, you know about about the Yankees. wasn't even asked about it, but I think he brought them up either way. Maybe he was asked about it. I forget. But uh, also, just wanted to shout him out because uh, of a potential racist comment by one of the announcers last night. We stand with you, Marcus. You know, wear whatever you want on your head, whatever makes you feel most comfortable, whatever works best for you. Doesn't matter to us, uh, New Yorkers, us sports fans. Uh, you know, I didn't actually listen to the comment, but if it offended you, then, uh, you know. I, I'm really sorry about that, and I, I hope that you can get past it. I hope that everyone improves from this debacle. And, uh, yeah, but Marcus Stroman is absolutely incredible. Wish that the Yankees had a, had a guy like that, even though, as I said, the pitching isn't the problem. But overall, great game up until that last uh, last extra innings. Obviously, I hate the rule, the runners, the ghost runner on second base rule in extra innings, but what can you do? Uh, benefited the Yankees. I mean, I guess kind of benefited the Yankees yesterday. Probably made Frazier feel a little more comfortable at the plate. Uh, but uh, it benefited the Mets also. I mean, you know, that, that that's the thing about uh, the ghost runner, why it could be good, it could be bad, you know, people don't like it, but at least both teams are having the same opportunity, they're getting the same advantage, uh, and you see the Mets took advantage of, of what was given it to them, and uh, the Diamondbacks took even more advantage, so uh, it's not, obviously, the Diamondbacks are not a better team by the Mets uh, by any means, uh, they've played way more games than the Mets, I'll tell you that, they're 20-36, and 36, and the Mets are 26-21, and 21. Uh that's like nine more games, I, I believe, if I if I can do math off the top of my head quickly, which honestly I'm not so great at, but should be. I think the Diamondbacks played nine more games. That's why the Mets still sit in first place in the division. I mean, you know, it's because of their lack of having played games. It seems like a lot of other teams. I mean, Atlanta's also missed some games. The Mets and Atlanta missed two games over the weekend. Uh, you know, but the Mets currently have a three and a half game lead. They are the only team in the division above 500. 
Uh, that doesn't mean that I that I think that this is going to be a runaway for the Mets, but this is a good opportunity for the Mets to distance themselves from the other teams, as I've stated in the past. Uh, and what's most impressive about it is that uh, no one uh, hitting-wise is playing well. Uh, Lindor, 198. Even the guys that are playing well aren't playing well. I mean, VR is one of the guys that's been coming up clutch for the Mets. He's hitting 233. Alonzo. You know, he, he smacked a home run the other night in his uh, first game back, I believe, or maybe it wasn't his first game back, one of them. Uh, but he's only hitting 244 right now. Dom Smith, 252, was the highest average in the lineup last night, uh, other than Kevin Pillar, who had a pinch hit opportunity. He's hitting 256, but he doesn't get as many at bats as Dom Smith, I don't believe, especially with the injury that he recently had. Uh, you know, the offense just not, not showing up, similar to the Yankees, as I said, I say every day. Top 10 in every pitching category, second in ERA, fifth in batting average against, fifth in whip, tied ninth in quality starts, but they're 30th in runs. They're last in the league in runs, second to last in runs per game, 21st in batting average. That's even better than the Yankees. That shows how bad the Yankees are at this point. And they're 29th in slugging percentage. They're not getting any extra base hits. Uh, you know, that's been a problem with the Mets ever since they moved to City Field, uh, at least hitting uh, home runs, extra base hits at home. Uh, it's definitely a pitcher's type of ballpark. Uh, the ball just stays in the air there, and, and the outfielders have plenty of space space to be able to to rob uh, potential extra base hits. But, uh, you know, Mets still in first place. You know, there is there are things to, to be – upset about but you're also missing a bunch of guys like uh Nimmo and McNeil and obviously Lindor not playing at his best and Syndergaard and Carrasco pitching wise so the best is yet to come from the Mets and uh I think that's a guarantee but the issue with the Yankees is is that it's not a guarantee uh that the best is uh, has yet to come uh it might be you know the best is not this year at all it might have been last year and two years ago uh and this year just might be complete garbage uh so you know, Mets still in first place, and uh, as I said about about the Knicks series and a couple of the games that they were in, or at least I guess it was more so the first two games that you know they were in the games to to win them with Randall playing so poorly, and that's what's so impressive uh, made me think that they actually had a chance. Uh, so just the fact that the Mets are playing so poorly right now offensively, and they're still in first place, goes to show how great this pitching staff is and uh, what the potential is for this team. If they just get some of their guys that should be uh, playing up to a certain level, like Lindor, uh, Alonzo, and then Nimmo and McNeil, when they come back, uh, you know, sky is the limit for the Mets. I'll say it. Uh, although I don't think that they'll actually get to the sky. It is the limit. Uh, they do have very high potential. So uh, we'll see what happens with this, uh, with this outing today, a nice 3.40 start, afternoon game. I'm going to feed you the um, – before I feed you the pitching matchup for today, uh, I'll just also state that the Mets are seventh in uh, runners left in scoring position per game. The Yankees were fourth. Mets are seventh, and they are second to last in uh, runs per game. The pitching matchup for today – uh, David Peterson for the Mets, one and four, four nine one ERA, going up against Mad Bomb Madison Bumgarner, former World Series MVP uh, for the San Francisco Giants, 
four and five, five one five ERA. I just have a feeling, although he's not you know so great this year with that five one five ERA, I have a feeling that uh, he steps up in the biggest moments. He took the money to go to Arizona. He's more of a low key guy. He you know he took the money uh, where it was given to him, and uh, you know maybe he's just chillaxing a little bit in comparison to you know winning three World Series in five years with the Giants. Uh, he's already locked his place up in, in, you know, I think in the Hall of Fame in my book. I truly do. We'll see how he finishes his career. But uh, just that one postseason was absolutely incredible. I'm sure he's already got a ball or something in there or a jersey in there or something along those lines. Either way, World Series MVP. So, uh, you know, I think that this is a game where he'll probably step up. So a good test for another good test for the Mets offense, especially coming off of back-to-back good offensive days uh, going up against Madison Bumgarner. Excited to see uh, what they have to offer uh, in this series finale. Uh, and uh, before I conclude the show, just wanted to talk a little bit about the Knicks game tonight that I will be going to. Uh, they're down 3-1, obviously. These are some things that uh, I think are are huge keys to tonight's game. Uh one of them being slowing down Trey Young. I don't think that there is a stopping Trey Young, but uh, I'm not even asking them to the Knicks to do what the Hawks have been doing to Randall and basically completely shutting him down. Just slow him down a little bit. Don't make him feel comfortable out there. Don't make him feel comfortable shooting the long threes. Uh, you got to be up in his face and, and somehow don't let him get comfortable getting to the rack and putting up those floaters. I mean, he's just absolutely demolishing us and... Uh, it's just a shame because we're the number one defense in the NBA and we haven't been able to, you know, come close to stopping him. You know, not that I think that, you know, I would never say anything of the sorts of like being like, oh yeah, like why can't we stop Dame, Damian Lillard? Like after, you know, based on if you guys saw what he did last night, that was just greatness embodied. Uh, that was legend status right there. One of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Uh, hopefully if you watched it, you can admit the same thing. Unbelievable performance from Damian Lillard. Uh, but I would never say to stop Damian Lillard. The thing is that this is Trey Young's first playoffs, and he's already torching the Knicks. And you know, it's just impossible to, to stop this guy. And he's not Damian Lillard. He maybe one day he will be. But I don't think I don't even think so because Damian Lillard's athletic. He could throw it down on someone. Uh, Trey Young, not really the case. Um, but I'm not giving Trey Young uh, Damian Lillard status right now at all. No way, no shot. Obviously, everyone agrees with that. Uh, the thing is, though, you know, you just got to slow him down a little bit. Just, you know, don't let him hit that big shot. He hit the game winner in game one. He's hitting daggers in uh, games three and game four. And he's also getting, you know, in the lane to, to draw to get draw double teams and get other people open for, for wide open threes. I mean, they shot like 60% or something in, uh, in game three in Atlanta. Or, yeah, game three in Atlanta. So... You know, we need to improve on the defensive end. There's no question about it. Really, I mean, the first two games, it was better. Obviously, game two, the win, we the, the Knicks held the Hawks to under 100 points. Uh, they've hold, held the most teams to under 100 points this year, uh, have the Knicks. And game one, obviously, lost on that buzzer beater. Uh, knew that was going to happen. I literally knew it. And uh, you bring in someone like Frank, who hadn't played the whole game, it's a questionable decision. So, you know, maybe just play him a little bit more, give him an opportunity uh, guarding Trey Young, uh, get his legs a little warm earlier on in the game. Don't just throw him in at the end. But uh, I think another key is this is the, I'll give just two keys. One, slowing down Trey Young a little bit, just a little bit. 
just because we've come nowhere. The Knicks have come nowhere close to, to slowing him down. And, uh, you know, in a seven-game series, you should be able to, to slow down the best player at least one game. And I really don't think that they have slowed him down one game because even if he's not as efficient uh, in one game from the other so far, he has been getting the assists. He has been dishing and facilitating for his teammates. So he's been all, super impressive. Uh, not take anything away from Trey Young, but um, you know the second thing that I think that the Knicks have to do tonight—a uh, very big key that I said was a key before the series and really hasn't been a factor at all—is getting Trey Young into bad defensive situations. Uh, you know, we're, he's basically been guarding Reggie Bullock this series. Reggie Bullock just sits around at the three-point line. He's not even the type of guy to be running running around the court around screens like a Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, Steph Curry type of guy. Uh, he's just like a standstill catch and shoot kind of guy. So that's a perfect guy for Trey Young to guard. You know, I don't care if if Reggie Bullock can't uh, make a three off of a screen on the move then guess what? Still set those screens for Reggie Bullock. Make him run around because that'll force a switch. Trey Young onto someone else. I mean, in last game, in, in that game four, we got Trey Young into foul trouble in the first half. I believe with a minute left in the first half, he got his third foul. Did not pick up one single foul in the second half. I mean, that is a problem. I, I know that Alfred Payton, you know, if, if Alfred Payton were to play, Trey Young would probably be guarding him, and at least at least Alfred Payton can like get to the bucket a little bit, and uh, you know he hasn't been finishing, but maybe he could start drawing. Maybe he could draw a foul or two, and uh, you know also you look back at games one and game two when he played compared to games three and game four. Obviously, games one and two we were the Knicks were way closer. They actually won a game and then lost the other one on a buzzer beater. While in games four and game five, where Alfred Payton sat on the bench, just uh, not even close. To, you know, although. It wasn't a complete blowout. It was never actually a game. The Knicks were never actually in it. So uh, I'm not going to advocate for Alfred Payton being out there. I don't know what I would advocate for in terms of uh, the rotation, whether it be Frank playing or Alfred playing those five minutes that uh, he was playing earlier on in the series. But, you know, someone needs – we need to find someone that can really stick with Trey Young a little bit better and, and get around screens with him. And also the big men need to uh, need to hedge those screens and force him the other way, back the other way to where the guy is. Uh, that's a major key. But also attacking Trey Young on the offensive end, as in when the Knicks are on offense and the Hawks are on defense, attacking Trey Young uh, and getting him onto mismatches, maybe uh, you know making Bullock run around screens, uh, then you know get ran to to somehow get get the switch for Trey Young to get onto Randall, get him in the post, even RJ Barrett on in the post on uh, Trey Young. I've seen him try to take advantage of that in this series. So definitely need to see more of that. Want to see Trey Young get into get into some foul trouble tonight. Can't wait for the raucous crowd at MSG. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be one of those crazy people. Although I was. Uh, about to not go because of their performances over the past couple games, but I'm going to send it. I'm going to have a great time no matter what. Uh, really excited for it. Uh, can't wait to experience the, the garden. I was there um, the last time that they uh, won a game, or last time that they were in the playoffs, I went to a game. I think it was, they played the Celtics in the first round that year uh, and then lost to the Pacers in the second round. So I was at, I was at Knicks-Celtics at the Garden, a uh, game where J.R. Smith had a buzzer-beater uh, half-court shot um, at the half. That was uh, 
phenomenal, great experience. So can't wait to. I mean, I've been at the two games this year, both absolutely ruckus, and that was only at ten uh, percent capacity or whatever it was at. So very excited to have this experience back with the fans tonight, getting a little back to a bit back to normal life. Uh, but those are two of my keys for this game tonight. Can't wait. Even if the Knicks lose, it was a great season and can't wait for the offseason. But uh, I'll be back tomorrow, obviously covering uh, what happens with the Knicks tonight. Uh, hopefully, I, I honestly wanted to talk a little bit more about Damian Lillard, but I got to talking about him a little bit. Uh, so going to be covering, you know, Yankees from tonight, uh, Mets from, from today, and uh, the Knicks from tonight, and whatever else happens in the NBA tomorrow. Hope you enjoyed this rant. Uh, before I conclude, just wanted to remind you that you can listen to this podcast along with all the other Strive Sports podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can access them via the link tree in my Instagram bio at these Strive Sports. Hope you enjoyed today's rant. Positive vibes only. Let's go Knicks. Knicks tape. See you tomorrow.